0: Isle of Man TT Radio, fueled by Monster Energy.
1: Attention Paddock
0: Preview Show, powered by RST. Good afternoon and welcome to Attention Paddock brought to you by RST. Normally your preview show ahead of each day of action on the TT course direct from here at the TT grandstand. Sadly that is not the case today. Clark of the course Gary Thompson making the rather obvious announcement just before 1pm that tonight's qualifying session has been cancelled by rain and hill fog. Nonetheless, we press on with attention paddock and we 'll review what we 've had so far this week and look ahead to what we hope will come if the weather breaks i 'm Chris Boyd, and tonight i 'm joined by Patrick Ferrance, three time sidecar TT winning passenger, eight TT podiums in all Dave Molyneux and Tim Reeves amongst his leading drivers Phil Wayne TT BSB Northwest two hundred UTB journalists name it all, and top statistician of all things TT. And Ed Wilson, for the first time, TT and Motorsport Digital Content Manager for the Isle of Man Department for Enterprise. Good evening all. Good evening. Not the whatever we want, is it, Patrick? No, not at all.
2: Um, I think we've thought I knew this from yesterday. Um, what the weather forecast was going to do, they're pretty good these days. We what's we going ahead and Gary Thompson called it from a pretty early stage that it was going to be knocked on the head from this afternoon. But it's obviously the right thing to do. We can't go ahead in any kind of adverse weather.
0: That's one of the things we do want to just mention, actually, is because people will watch the Northwest 200 coverage and they will see that racing does go ahead, Phil, in wet weather. We just can't do that at the TT, can we? No, you're
1: obviously dealing with a 37.73-mile course as opposed to an 8.9-mile course at the Northwest 200. There's so many more permutations here that riders, sidecar competitors, etc., have got to deal with, not least tyres, lasting distances, things like that. It's just not possible here. You know, A helicopter needs to land everywhere and everything like that, daylight today can't do anything (laughs) none of that can take place
0: and a a racing tyre even a wet tyre just wouldn't last a full lap would it Patrick
1: no
2: it wouldn't I mean um, you do get it where it could be absolutely soaking wet here in Douglas and then in Ramsey it's dry and if you put a wet tyre on you get out to the dry sections and they're going to such high speeds and superbikes the tyres will just chop
0: in no time and you just wouldn't wouldn't last. You were telling us just off air about the last time or the last time probably we had morning practice around about 2003 and and an experience you had with wet conditions.
2: Yeah um, I remember going out on we used to do wet sessions we used to go out and but we were only allowed to use intermediate tyres and that was it it's um, races are races they'll go out given the chance and we did back then but now they just can't do it if we can't get the helicopter up for the air med cover they just weren't allowed to, to go anywhere around here um, but yeah it's going to be tomorrow I think it's going to be like pretty much like uh, the old days when we used to have um, morning practice I remember getting up at six o'clock in the morning going through scrutineering and then having a, a blast down just before sunrise um, so it's going to be two, two uh, practice sessions tomorrow like the old days
0: Things have moved on rather a lot from then haven't they Ed?
3: Uh, yeah it's um, a bit different then it's uh, going to be a busy day for all the mechanics and riders if we do get everything away tomorrow with the afternoon and the evening session Uh, fingers crossed though I think we're we're in a sort of slightly fortunate position that other than the TT Zero bikes everybody has got some laps in so far at this stage and hopefully the weather will pick up as the week progresses
0: and the good thing about a fortnight, Phil, is there is a lot of time built into that fortnight that's for extra practice.
1: Exactly, what I was just going to say, that's one of the benefits we have here compared to the other road circuits like the Northwest 200, we've got more flexibility here sort of thing, we're not playing with just a two, three day period, we've got a lot of de- time on hands there. Obviously, if things were start to get backing up to a critical point then you know it's going to be that's going to be hectic then sort of thing say for example if we got to Monday we're still having not seen much you know you're just going to have to have a knock on effect and then it's going to be literally Every day we're going to be going racing, but if that's the case, that's the case, and so be it. But we have got that flexibility to do stuff day in day out if need be.
2: They had it a couple of years ago, didn't they? where the, we didn't, nobody turned a wheel until the Wednesday mm. that's of right, practice yeah. week, so they'd lost the uh, the Saturday and then the Monday and the Tuesday, and that was gone. And yeah, and I think
1: with Gary Thompson things. being in charge mm. now as well, he's really in tune with what the competitors need as well so we mm. won't be going racing until everyone's got no. the necessary laps of qualifying done as well so uh, I don't mean that in terms of the qualifying laps I just mean in terms of the, t- the r- laps required so they've got enough time to get set up and prepared properly because then no- they won't be going into racing with just the handful of laps under the belt
0: we saw last night had some really impressive laps given how early effectively we are in TT 2019
3: absolutely yeah. first run out for the big 1000cc bikes uh, Again, like he did on Sunday, was wasn't that with the six hundred? He, he he led the way on the thousand bikes. It looked like towards the end that Michael Dunlop may also be going in for a, for a hot lap, but he uh, he just teases a bit there, didn't he? And he, he backed off towards the end. So whether he's uh, sandbagging a little bit and he's got something left to show, we'll see. Uh, that's, that's exactly he what he was again. doing. He didn't want to yeah. show yeah. his hands too yeah, early, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had some purple sectors through the middle, didn't he? He was going fastest of everybody, but uh, just he's off towards. Owner and yeah, it was just a front and section one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did have a
1: brake issue though, as Johnny Barton alluded to last mm. night's show as well. He'd got um, the rear brake uh, yes. overheated, so that when he actually came into the paddock, it had locked up. So he'd obviously had to slacken his pace because of that. But at the same time, he, you you could see Michael easing off in the in one sector anyway with a bit of sandbagging going and potentially mm. as well. So I mean, at the end of the day, I've I've had riders talk to me in the past and they've said how like you know. they'd when it, during practice week there's like maybe three or four of the six sections where they really go for it just because they're the important sections where they need to get to the bike working sort of thing and like, no, one, no one's going to like go for record sectors in Crunkley mains to the Grandstand for example towards <laughs> and during race week uh, practice week are they so um, you know it's more like say for example Ginger Hall to Ramsey you know where you really need your bike working you know riders have said that's where you know they'll give it the maximum to find out exactly what's the bikes doing and what changes they've made during the week if they work there or not
0: It was very, very early in the week, but we have done some sector analysis, which does kind of unfold the story a little bit more than we had last night, with, as you say, Michael just dropping off towards the end of his lap. If we put their best sectors of the night together, Dean Harrison comes out on a 17-minute 22.4, 130.292. Then Michael is on a 17-24.1, so only 1.6 seconds between them, 130.09. And then Connor... Who obviously got black flagged when he was going really well on his second lap he's 17 so there's only six seconds between all three of them it's very early stage of the year that's of the meeting 129.558 for connor so all those bikes you would say have got an immediate good setup that they can now build on for the rest of the week
2: uh yeah it's pretty good as well because um they've not had- I'd love to have had a clear run for the the weather wise. It's been pretty blustery and pretty windy uh, on both sessions for the superbikes. Um and then for the super sport on the the Saturday as well. I mean conditions far from perfect with the wind upon the mountain. Um so sort of putting them times in, um the boys are right on it.
1: Yeah, just touching on that I was chatting with John McGuinness earlier today and obviously John's got as much experience as anyone here and he said he found conditions last night some of the worst he's ever known in terms of the wind he said even as soon as he went down Bray Hill he said I was feeling it Bray Hill I was feeling at Ballacraine places where he said I wouldn't normally feel the wind and he said plus the cold temperatures as well so like normally um once riders get into the flow I think everything on the bike that you know they heat, heat up like the bike heats up but he said he was cold all night sort of thing in <laughs> that so and so the track was green as well wasn't much grip out there either so like let's say for conditions were far from ideal so that makes the times quite impressive as well
0: Let's just have a listen to a little bit of audio from last night's session, actually. We know modern racing bikes are very, very quick, but the IT systems on board can go wrong, as Dean Harrison's uh, team found out last night. The the first bike just wouldn't go, the main superbike. So how did the team get over that one? And this was as practice started, Silicon Engineering uh, Racing Kawasaki boss Paul Eden.
1: The bike was was set to go. It was running,
2: we're warming up all right. And uh, it just stopped, uh, just as Dean was ready to go. Which is more than likely uh, an electrical problem. Could be uh, could be something that's been missed or uh, a sensor gone down or something like that. The problem with the the bikes nowadays, it's um, could be anything. <laughs>
0: Well, you had all the computer and the plugs and everything in it, but you weren't getting anything up on the grid up on Glencrunchie Road that was giving you any clues. You had to bring it back down and bring the T-bike out. Lucky you have a T-bike.
2: Yeah, all we did there, all you could do in a situation like that is is reload the map, uh, which we did. Um, and it still didn't cure it so yeah we had the t bike ready to go the only problem is it's not got a full tank on the t
0: bike, so we'll just do a lap but uh, hopefully we'll have this going by the time it comes back in anyway so control alt delete didn't work that's right yeah yeah we'll try that one turn it on and off That's that's the first thing to try pretty amazing composure then from Dean Harrison to be in that fraught situation and then go out and do what he did Ed yeah Well,
3: he's also got such a fantastic team around him now and they're well drilled aren't they they've had the bsb uh, championship uh, at the start of the year and then also i get a great one in the northwest and they're a really tight team that all just seem to get on really well together and when when things do go wrong i think they can quickly resolve them like that and there is always a sort of plan b there
2: i think that's the advantage of them running bsb because they're such a close team and um they're not just coming here. having uh, like self-employed mechanics working for them they are a full-time package full-time team so if there ever is that situation it's, it's more than likely it's something that's not uh, happened to them before so
0: they'll mm. be they'll be well drilled and the advantage of having a t-bike which i guess not many teams have the luxury <laughs> of
1: no most riders would have had to have taken out a super sport or super stop bike really and that which they wouldn't automatically have had up on the grid there obviously and stuff so like, like you say not many riders have two super bikes so that would put them in a good position i think as well you touched on the word composure then i mean he'd obviously dean had got to the front of the queue and was going to be setting off first clear road in front of him you know that was something that dean always likes he just likes getting out on his own yet all of a sudden with that guy having to switch to the t-bike he started off in mid-pack not mid-pack in the seas but mid-pack in the entire grid so he was suddenly confronted with dealing with traffic as well which he wouldn't wouldn't have been obviously expecting to deal with on his first lap like That like so it, ch- it changed the whole complex of his kind of mode or attack mode if you like for that first lap so
0: yeah, the plan that you've got in place for the evening, and you're, you're mentally set with what you're going to do for the evening. Suddenly, has to mm-hmm. you've got to adjust, which is just one more thing that this place throws at you. I guess exactly.
1: Yeah, that's the. I think that's what every rider will tell you like Every every lap's different. Every meeting's different. There's just challenges are coming at you all the time, and it's how you, probably who deals with them the best that all ultimately comes out on top. Really, it's the same like last night. There's quite a few of the riders said about yellow flags. I mean, riders will deal with yellow flags better than others, sort of thing. And that you know, again probably the most experienced riders can deal with it better etc Um so yeah it's just it's like I say every 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 kind of time they go out there's something gonna challenge them somewhere along the line, you know
0: well we saw that last year senior didn't we when uh, james hillier blew up at uh, the bottom of a just one of the worst places you'd want somebody to blow a bike and deposit oil on the track and the next riders coming through was the top top riders all had to contend with just that issue of the flags just coming out For for people like Michael Rutter, I think when Michael Rutter came through, I
2: don't even think the flags were out at that point because he was he was literally just ten seconds down. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's uh, that sort of thing, you know. Obviously, riders in race in race um, mode, you kind of know what who's in front of you all the time because the numerical situation. So, like as soon as like Patrick said, Patrick uh, uh, Michael came through that section, and you you thought, well, something would have happened to James, but you obviously don't know what you're going to be confronted with. You know, you've just got to kind of deal with it as best you can I mean I've obviously never been a competitor and I can only kind of surmise what how what goes through riders minds and stuff but that's the whole reactions and you know the mental side of things is that's when it really comes into its own then
0: and we're talking about the 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 challenge for teams as well as just the rider getting things right means communication between the rider and his crew If something needs looking at then the crew need to know exactly what's required so the chatting that goes on between the riders and the teams in that very brief end of practice lap time is important for instance lee johnson was talking at length last night with his Ashcourt racing team crew chief roger smith when he came in after a lap lee johnson was clearly very calm and considered he knew he had time to have a long detailed talk with you can you give the listeners some idea what was being said it looked to me he
1: wasn't happy with yeah I mean mainly we're just working on the balance of the bike really just to get him comfortable on it um, they're the main things we're focusing on on the big bike um, so that's why we had a couple
0: of three runs on it then just so he gave us time to download the day travel look have a chat with him just make some tweaks and changes to it to see if we can get him more comfortable on it um, looks like we're going in the right direction just really? going to ask that are you yeah. going the right way yeah, he seems pretty happy yeah his lap might not reflect it because he had a lot of a lot of traffic and some yellow flags and what have you but when you look at him and his feedback and the odd sectors, it's uh, it's looking all right, looking all right. And to get that feedback for the crew is essential. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the rider, the rider's not comfortable on the bike, then then you struggle. It he's got to feel comfortable and confident with it. Probably more important here than anywhere, that Ed, because you might only get three or four bites at the Cherry in a really good night, you might only get, say, ten laps across a whole practice week, if you really have a good practice week, even.
3: Yeah, you've really got to make the most of your time, haven't you, especially when we're having a week like this. Um, yeah, it's when you've got to rely on your experience and things like that. So, for instance, if you look at Michael Rutter, who just appeared on a brand new bike, which he's 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 ad- openly admitted they've they've had difficulty getting used to it, just because it is so complicated, the, it's basically a MotoGP bike, and... He's taken that experience uh, and he's just gone out and where I think he's fifth place overall in Superbike standings. It's pretty spectacular for a first time with such a complicated bike.
0: Yeah, really impressive, isn't it, Phil?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like Ed said then, <laughs> I mentioned earlier about John McGuinness. he got, Mark Waters one of the most experienced riders on the grid. Um, Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. You have a ne- need a bit of luck on your side as well because the problems he had at the Northwest West 200 he hasn't encountered here at all. So just, again, shows the difference in circuits and dealing with different things at different times. But he went out, he's happy with it straight away, he says it's perfect bike for riding around the TT course. So he's obviously l- landed on his feet a little bit there. So I think that was certainly wouldn't always be the case. So.
3: You'd hope it would be a good background here for the amount it costs. Well, I was going to say,
1: yeah, (laughs) if they've got it right when it costs that much, then something's seriously wrong.
0: It definitely sounds the part, that's for sure, doesn't it, Patrick? Oh,
2: it sounds beautiful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, what can you say? When it's sent off down the line, uh, it's definitely distinctive and you can hear it wherever it's going around the circuit. You know that uh, it's going to be Michael coming
0: it sounds worth every penny that's for sure <laughs> one man that he was other man who was catching the eye last night that we've already mentioned was connor cummins and his boss Sekli Paget padgett of malenko padgett's uh, motorcycles he was watching with a lot of satisfaction from the sidelines but admits that watching is a nervous business
2: connor's as we saw at the northwestern great form on the superbike but it, it's windy out there you're always skeptical you're waiting for your guy to get to the next sector in fact all of the guys you know we want them to be safe and conditions like this can still catch you out. It's settled down a lot from you know even an hour ago
0: but yeah let's just hope everyone's safe and enjoy. You've got Clive uh, Patrick, many years of experience here. The wind on the mountain though that can mess with all the settings that you've gone for on a bike. Yeah, and you've got to rely on the you know the experience of the riders.
2: They realize that the wind's going to move them across the road so they tip in a meter early and understand the circuit which is the great thing that the likes of Connor and John and Ian and so on have got
0: over some of the newcomers. They know where to put the bike in situations like tonight. Uh, Clive has such a roster of riders here he's got the ultimate experience in John McGuinness he's got Connor Cummins who's right there especially on that 600 with his Northwestern Ulster Grand Prix performances and also on the big bikes getting a double podium here last year and then the young up and coming star in Davey Todd he's got a real mixture of sort of experience and sort of where people are at in their careers in that team hasn't he?
3: Absolutely yeah it's, but, but they've been winning races here for generations now I think Phil's probably going on to put you on the spot a bit there but they've, they've been... Uh They've been around for a long time and they've been winning a lot of races and it's, uh, I think they were, obviously John McGuinness came into the team very, very late, uh, but he has a bit of a previous relationship with them, but, but th- their experience and, and their ability to build a bike that is going to work well around the TT, uh, you can just, John is so comfortable to come in at such a late stage and, and gel with that bike, he's, he's put in some great times already after only a couple of laps.
1: Yeah, then that experience comes into play again. Then, even though John hasn't ridden for Clive Paget for four years, as soon as the deal was done, Clive got the bike set up, and as soon as John sat on it, he said, "Oh." got the foot pegs in the right place, <laughs> you've got the handlebars in the right place, the whole settings are already there and that's obviously for a ride, as a dream that isn't. And, and also equally, you mentioned David Todd then, what a dream opportunity for Davy Todd to be in that team with all that experience. Yeah. I mean obviously he was a, with a good team last year with the Borough's engineering team and then to come back for his second year, you know another well experienced team, a, experienced manager, all the mechanics in there have been coming for years as well and then the two of two riders that he's got with him as well you know they just you know if i was david Todd i'd just be badgering them everyone in that team all <laughs> fortnight asking them question after question to good. It's, it's a deserved ride for oh, David i mean he's, um, yeah
2: the work he did last year and, and it sort of came from nowhere all of a sudden he's right up the front um did a fantastic year last year and um like you said to get to work in the paget's team and to get feedback from connor and john it's it, it's a dream opportunity for him but it's it's well deserved
1: yeah i mean i I obviously cover all the british championship races back home as well and like davey first came into i think it was 2016 he started doing the uh, national super 600 championship um but halfway through his first season he was getting in the points and i think he got his po- first podium at the end of that first year his second year he came back and his wet weather prowess then was that de- his two wins came in the wet as well which stems his background in motocross and supermoto and um, but he's transferred that kind of talent and skill onto the road as well but for all conditions and you know everyone's said as i've just mentioned then he's wet weather prowess but that northwest 200 wind two weeks ago he never put a foot wrong you never saw him out of the saddle you never saw him out of shape he was just you know that's and obviously in wet weather that sort of those sort of skills come to the fore i think it's a um, common influence as well
2: We with, with clive and the team because uh they are such a close-knit team. Um, great guys have all worked together for years and years. You see the same mechanics there year after year. They're not chopping and changing between teams. And um, to fit straight into that, it, it it's a perfect opportunity. And it, it, it's, um, it's good for the confidence to know that um, he's produced so many race-winning bikes, he can just get on and know that the bikes are going to be right and the package is there for him straight away.
1: And I think as well, this, this is my opinion, some people might disagree with this, but when, when a rider has such a good year as a newcomer, I always think the second year is a bit of a dangerous year because there's that much expectation and pressure on them. Maybe only from the outside, but it's you know people could already be saying, "Oh, David Todd's going to do 130 this or that and things like that." You know, it's really important for a rider in his second year to keep his feet on the ground. As Davy himself knows, he'll readily say he just wants to c- progress and keep learning. That's all he really wants to do, and the results will be what they'll be. But again, having someone like Clive in that corner, Clive will just add to that kind of process as well to keep him. Firmly on the ground, yeah, really.
3: play so. will take him under his wing and uh, Absolutely, make sure yeah. he keep, has a level head and doesn't uh, doesn't take too many risks on this second year. It's it is still a learning year. I mean, people often say it's three, four, five, six years that you're learning the, the, the TT course. So obviously last year was outstanding by Davy, um, and he'll look to build on that again this year.
0: And it'll just take some of the pressure off him, won't it? Having Connor and, and now John in the team as well, it won't so much focus on him particularly yeah no the
1: other two riders are the ones expected to um, not that Clive will expect his riders to get results Clive just wants his riders to come home safe and sound and anything else is a bonus really and stuff so but yeah Davy's, you know on paper you'd say the other two should be finishing higher up on the result sheets than, uh than Davy. so like you said no pressure he's in a win-win situation really
0: you are listening to Isle of Man TT Radio, Fueled by Monster Energy, and this is a rather damp edition of Attention Paddock brought to you by RST. It is still very wet outside, and the mist is down, which is why we are not uh, qualifying tonight. We need to move on to the sidecars, Patrick, because my, oh, my, last night was quite, <laughs> quite a stunning couple of lap session, wasn't it?
2: It was, yeah. Um, they got a couple of laps out, and thankfully by for the sidecar boys, um, the wind had sort of died down by the time they got to it. I think they got actually the sort of better end of the deal for the weather Um, the the sun was obviously lower in the sky um, at that time of night so going out towards Union Mills and um, going out towards Western Circuit you have have the sun in your eyes a bit more but as for the blustery conditions it it calmed right down
0: and it was a lot cooler as well by the time they went out as well. Does that help the sidecars? Oh,
2: no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help getting uh, heat in the tyres. I've been speaking to a few boys through the day, and they were all sort of struggling, saying it, it felt a bit sketchy, just they didn't have quite the purchase on the edge of the tyres when they were tipping in. It's... Um, yeah, it is best just to have that bit more heat in the tarmac just to
0: just to help with the purchase. Of course, we were all eyes on the virtuals, thinking the new machine. Let's see what this thing can do. And it was John Holden who just went out and absolutely blazed away right from the right from the start. Ed.
3: Yeah, 19 minutes 41 seconds, 114.9 miles an hour. Uh, pretty spectacular, really. He's um, yeah, out of that flying out of the blocks, really. He's uh, another man with a great team around him. Uh, how many years now has he been working with Lee Kane? It's really good. It's this third year, I, third year, I believe. Year, yeah, it's. Uh, and uh, if it wasn't for the Bertrials' phenomenal performances year after year, you have to think that John Holden would have an awful lot more TT wins to his name.
2: Yeah, yeah would well they? Sort of kept him off the po- off the top step of the podium mm-hmm. for a few years. Now he um, said in an interview after the race last year, it's like, what do I have to do to win? <laughs> every time he, um, he puts in fastest laps, I mean, both himself and Tim were well underneath the lap record even that um, was set just the year before and yeah what does he have to do to win yeah
0: yeah but uh, the other highlight of the night was a a newcomer crew who absolutely set just astonishing
2: yeah um, Ryan and Callum Crowe on the triumph I mean they've got heritage I mean they've got a good team around them they've been developing that triumph for years now Um, and obviously their dad is Nick Crowe he's TT winner as a passenger in the late 90s and then he went on to drive and um, he had the lap record for many years
0: um, and that wasn't broken until just a few years back. Um, but there's still something to be said for going out on your first lap with an open road, first time you've ever been at full race speeds on the TT course and putting in nearly 110 mile an hour lap as your first ever lap. It's absolutely th- incredible, isn't it's it? It's
2: phenomenal and that was from a standing start as well um Just standing start, straight out of the blocks, nearly 110 mile an hour. Um, but they are a class act. I mean, they're just they're just young kids. They're in the early twenties, um and well, I don't know how many words you can say about them. They're, they are going to be future champions round here. There's there's no two ways about that.
0: If we're talking about taking pressure off Davy Todd, we certainly want to keep all pressure off these guys, don't we, Phil?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I think there's only two two drivers ever ever done over 110 as newcomers and that was in race conditions as well Uh, Tim being one with Patrick in 2008 and then the virtuals the following years but to do it as close to 110 as what they did on their first lap and on a triumph which like Patrick said they've been putting a lot of development in but the triumph in a sidecar around the TT course is pretty much non-existent I think Roy Tansley is about the only one to have run a triumph previously so to do that kind of lap so early in proceedings I've had to double check it when it popped up on the screen earlier really and stuff so i just saw one mention as well last night that i thought was an impressive lap was uh, Pete fans Jevon Walmsley. Mm. um i know we've been discussed on this program earlier this week but that was only two seconds out their personal best lap last night so to do again that shows that they're going to be stepping up their pace come race day
2: yeah they've been they've been flying in the british championship um they've been knocking lumps off uh lap records. Last year they rode the DDM chassis which is a David and chassis uh, and then they've gone back to the more familiar LCR which they ran for the previous years before that um, and they've got straight back on it and they're locking lumps off lap records, every circuit they go to. Um, I don't think they've lost a race yet, I think they've won every race they've gone to um, by a
0: considerable margin as well. There we go, then. The sidecars are up and running as well at TT 2019. Let's have a look, then, at this revised schedule that's been announced for tomorrow. 11.15, the roads will start to close from Ramsey. By 12.30, they will be closed right around the course. At 1 o'clock, we're due to have a superbike, superstock, super super sports session. Right through till 3 o'clock, when we'll have sidecar practice, before the roads reopen from half 4 till 6 when we will close for the normal evening session. So from 6.20 again, the Superbike, Superstock, super stock and super sport session. And at 7.55, a sidecar session for till 8.40 when we're due to see the TT Zeros on course for the first time before roads opening by 9.30, except for the mountain where they should be open by 10.30. It's gonna be a lot of action if it all happens, Ed.
3: A lot of action, yeah, a bit busy days for everybody. Hopefully the weather stays uh, clear and they can get a few laps in, uh, especially if the TT Zeros, I mean, they've, uh They've not just had a chance to get out yet. I think the, the John uh, McGinnis and Michael Rutter were over at Donington Park on the Friday. I think they managed to get a few laps in there. Uh, John hasn't ridden with the team for a, a few years now, uh, but uh, speaking to him the other day, he was saying that he was just impressed by how much that bike has developed, the, the, sh- the, the, the sheer power of it now and the speed of it relative to when he last rode it. I think he said he did something like 21 laps around Donington Park just to see if the battery
0: would run out, and it
3: still had a bit of charge left at the end of it. So it was... Ooh, yeah, which is a good sign, obviously. Absolutely. Also.
0: Well, Michael Rutter set a new lap record on it last year, so there's still more to come, potentially.
2: Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's uh, phenomenal technology in them things. I think and it's, it's over one lap, but to be averaging over 120 mile an hour, it, it, the, the technology is fantastic. Um, just a few more teams can get in there and sort of bring them on. There's a lot of universities, um, they're all pushing and trying now, and they're all putting in pretty good lap times, and um, they're getting the, the batteries to last a bit longer.
0: All dependent on the weather, so let's just bring you that as well, the latest from the Met Office at Ronaldsway. Uh, Continuing cloudy and dull this evening with extensive hill fog and rain quite heavy and persistent. Overnight, uh, the rain will tend to become lighter and more patchy, temperatures staying around 13 degrees Celsius tomorrow will then remain mostly cloudy with further outbreaks of rain likely. However, there are to be some dry periods and a chance of brighter skies temporarily, although mist and low cloud will probably continue to affect higher ground maximum temperature 15 celsius that's not what we want to hear is it phil
1: no it doesn't sound uh it doesn't fill you a promise does it really in that so um it is what it is the weather obviously we know it's part and parcel of race and world when we go go, go anywhere really in that you just never know what you're going to get um if there's, I know like a couple of years ago, I think we just, uh, the, the mist was bad on the mountain, but it was dry everywhere else. So Gary let the boys run at pretty much full steam out to Ramsey and then escorted over the mountain. Even if something like that could happen tomorrow, it's it's, it's more value than, than no, lap, no, no lap time at all, really. So hopefully there can be some, you know, hopefully that forecast might be a little bit wrong as well, but ho- hopefully something can come out of tomorrow really so they let some mileage under their belts
0: let's hope so my thank you to patrick Ferrance, to phil wayne and to ed wilson for taking a soaking to join us on attention paddock this evening sadly that is all from the tt grandstand for today let's hope for a brighter better tomorrow good evening